the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Cause it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. everybody here we go it's that time again matt connerton unleashed and we are live from the studios of wmnh 95.3 fm in glorious downtown manchester new hampshire and of course uh also on comcast 97 if you're in manchester and hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe uh, you can go to uh, my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, contact info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, sorry if I sound uh, slightly distracted. Facebook is being a little wonky. Uh, you know, we do... Uh, yeah, Jenny says she thinks it's working. Okay, yeah, people are starting to comment in the uh, chat room, and Mikey sees it on his... Oh, I gave it away. I... I didn't introduce him yet. I will in a second. But, uh, yeah, Facebook is, well, you know, Facebook is being Facebook. Uh, uh, eventually, we'll have to start saying Meta is being Meta instead of, you know, because they, they changed the name. Oh, Jenny said no, it dropped. Hmm, people are commenting, though. I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, we might. Uh... Oh, I think she's saying it's back. Yeah, Facebook is uh, being strange. She says it is playing on her phone. Okay. Yeah. What can you, hey, what do you want for free, right? Facebook is free. And that's something we have to keep in mind uh, in these moments of frustration with the social media giant Facebook, which eventually will be meta. What happens when it's meta and it's like you go into it like it's uh, like it's the Matrix or something and it glitches? What happens then? That will be terrifying but uh, welcome, everybody, and I am not alone in the studio. Oh. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love, and that's all dance. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. 
Yeehaw, Texas Mike is here. Yeehaw. Oh, sorry, Texas Mike. I was distracted by, uh, I was trying to put you on the uh, camera for Facebook, but it's pointed in a... Yeah, that, that, that one's pointed... I... I don't know what's going on there. I'm not going to mess with it, though. I don't want to yeah. get in trouble. <laughs> That's been a touchy subject in the past. Anyway, <laughs> how are you, Texas Mike? Been a while since uh, we've seen you on the program. Yep, doing good. Just been... Just been busy as always. Yes, yes. Well, yep, we have a busy show planned. Uh, Mikey is here. And then uh, coming up in the second hour, Mike Sutterth makes his return this week for Tweakonomics. Uh, so we look forward to that. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Gracie Gatto will be joining us. She's going to be on uh, John Hopwood's television show, uh, We Pick Your President. And then uh, she's going to be coming in here as well. Facebook is going nuts on this monitor. I don't know what's going on or or who's on the uh, Facebook feed. But if you're having trouble with it, you know, there are other ways you can stream the show. If you just want to listen to the audio, of course, you can go to my website, mattconnerton.com, and click Listen Live, or go right to wmnhradio.org and click Listen Live there. But it's um, it, it looks like it's being very strange. It's behaving very strangely. I believe in uh, programming, they call that unstable. The program is unstable here, so uh, this program is often unstable. So, anyway, so uh, yeah, so we have much planned. Mike Sutterth will be in today in a little bit. Mikey is here, and you can join us at 603-250-6007, 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476, tweet me at Matt Connerton, or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, uh, you can interact and opine if it allows you to in the uh, Facebook live chat. But the best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Let's see. I do want to remind you, of course, that we are proudly sponsored by the Hopknot in the Brady Sullivan Plaza right across the street at 1000 Elm Street. Don't go there today. Because Monday and Tuesday is their weekend, but they are open Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, They've got delicious gourmet pretzels. They have an assortment of craft beer. Uh, They've got uh, Trivia Night every Thursday night, hosted by the great Bill Sini, who, of course, also does trivia on the morning show on Wednesdays. But Thursday nights, you can see him live and participate at the Hop Knot. They have live music on Friday night, and they've got a lot of events coming up for 2022. Uh, I'll be getting an updated... uh, probably be getting an updated list of what they've got coming up because I've got to stop in there uh, sometime this week toward the end of the week. I need to uh, pay the hop knot a visit and say hello to Kenny. And um, But uh, such a great, you know, I always say great food and great service, but also a great family that owns and operates it. And they are a black-owned business, and this is Black History Month, so hopefully we can get Kenny in here for one of these Mondays. You know, he's welcome anytime, of course, but I'd, I'd love to get him in here. Uh, for uh, or his sister Trudy or, or whomever uh, in for uh, in for a Monday afternoon before the month is up. Uh, let's see. Let me give the number one more time: 603-250-6007. 603-250-6007. Let's. Uh, we'll say hello to everybody in the Facebook live chat. Um, Crystal joins us and says uh, regarding the Facebook feed, it just started working for me. Uh, sent me a notice an hour and a half ago that video would air shortly, though. Oh, weird. Yeah, like I said, it's being glitchy. EZG Eric Gagnon joins us in the Facebook live chat and says, Happy Tuesday. Uh, let's see. Jenny is in there. 
Uh, Rosanna McMahon says, I can't wait for Gracie. Yep, Gracie will be, uh, Gracie Gatto will be in here uh, tomorrow. Uh, also, Mike Pelopita joins us from another one of our great sponsors here at WMNH 95.3 Queen City Cabinetry in the uh, historic Sunbeam Mall. Uh, let's see. Rosanna reminds us Gracie will be on Ward 13 with John Hopwood tomorrow. And then, uh, and then they'll be coming in here. I assume now Gracie is bringing someone and I assume uh, John will be in here as well. Wow. Facebook is going nuts on this monitor. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I I've never quite seen this before. Comments are appearing and then disappearing and then reappearing. It's very strange. Uh, Eric Street says, I noticed Facebook sells stars on the morning show chat, but not on this one. Yeah, I don't know how that works, Eric. I really have no idea. So so basically what the stars thing is, if is that if you pay a certain amount for your stars, then, then your comment that you post gets pinned to the top of the page, I guess. Oh, okay. But who gets the money for that? Is that uh, does uh, does whoever the streamer is they're they're able to monetize the uh, stream? Is that the idea? Uh, um, I'm not I'm not really sure about that, but I, yeah, I have been seeing that on the morning show for sure. Interesting, interesting. Okay, and we have our first call of the show today. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, it's uh, Easy G. Easy G, Eric Gagnon. How are you, my friend? Are you calling to, compl- to uh, complain about Brock Lesnar? Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't on the uh, the show last night. He had the night oh. off. Oh, good. What's right, on your mind, Easy G? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I left you. I don't know if you got my Facebook Messenger. I left you a, a, a um, message that the uh, Katie uh, Dominic is available next Tuesday. Yeah, you mentioned that too to uh, yesterday when you called in. I think, uh, yes. Uh, oh, yes, that's fine. So you and Katie will be coming in, or Katie will be skyping. Oh in, no, no, or... she's gonna call on the phone. Yeah, she's gonna call. Okay, will you be here with us in studio? Yes, next Tuesday. She's gonna call in around four fifteen. She, she, uh, we set set up the um, the time. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So we'll have you and Katie Dobbins in the first hour, and then of course the second hour. We'll be joined by Mike Sutter for right. Economics. We'll have a busy Tuesday next Tuesday. That sounds great. Always nice to speak with Katie. Oh, and uh, nice to uh, see you too. Yeah, we've spoken to her on, uh, for a while. Obviously, it has been a while. This That'll will be, be this will be her third you guys appearance. Have a great show, and I'll be listening. All right, Bye-bye. Eric. Thank you for the call. Bye bye. All right, Easy G, Eric Agnan. You know, uh, Mikey, uh, would you say that he is the um, the most abrupt when it comes to ending the call? Yeah. Of all of our, our callers. Yes, for sure. Like, you have some people, you know, like Gary, for example, our friend Gary, who we love. You know, he likes to take his time, yeah. you know, wrapping up. And uh, he's like the polar opposite of EZG. EZG is just like, you're talking with him, and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, uh, bye. And then he just yeah. kind of hangs up, yes, very abruptly. I, what I miss, though, is it used to be when uh, EZG would end the call, it would sound like he was dropping his phone or something. You would, At the end of every call, you would hear this clunk, 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 clunk. Yeah. But uh, but now it must be uh, he must have a new phone because now he ends the call nice and smooth. I don't even hear the click. Yeah. It's remarkable. Tom Blanchard says a spinning ball keeps coming up on the uh, on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's going nuts. 
Like a, it looks normal on my on my computer, but on the uh, big monitor here, it the comments literally they disappear and reappear and disappear. It's um, I mean I'm I'm gonna have a seizure looking at that. That's uh, crazy stuff. But anyway, six zero three two five zero six zero seven is the number if you'd like to join us. Six zero three two five zero six zero seven. Uh, let me say, and um, we've got a, a few things that I would like to get to, but. I want to make sure we get this in. This is uh, some breaking news uh, within the last little bit of time before the show. And, you know, if you're a regular listener of the program, it will not surprise you uh, to hear me say that I rarely, very rarely uh, can I say the words that I'm about to say. But I am in full agreement, absolutely, completely, utterly in agreement with something that Mitch McConnell has said. Uh, Mitch McConnell, of course, the uh, you know the minority leader of the Republicans and uh, senator from uh, the great state of Kentucky. And uh, he has, uh, maybe it's not just Facebook. Everything's loading, uh, d- taking a while to load on my uh, browser here, too. Maybe it's our internet. Uh, Mitch McConnell has broken with the Republican National Committee. Uh, A number of days ago, the Republican uh, National Committee decided to censure uh, both Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney uh, for, uh, you know, uh, siding against uh, former President Trump uh, on the insurrection. And uh, and they uh, referred to uh, January 6th as uh, what did they call it? Uh, Normal. or reasonable uh, political discourse or something. Um, I don't think that, uh, you know, I mean, hey, at least they didn't do what, uh, what's his name, Ron Johnson did and called it a uh, just a normal uh, tourist visit. Uh, they didn't quite go that far, but obviously the RNC, uh, the position that they've taken, that they took with their statement is to, um, I mean, there's downplaying, you know, a lot of people like to downplay uh, what happened on January 6th. But, I mean, that's uh, taking it to an extreme, uh, just calling it regular political discourse or whatever the RNC called it. Uh, Senate Ma- Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, this is from thehill.com. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, criticized the Republican National Committee for its censure of Representatives Adam Kinzinger, Republican of Illinois, and Liz Cheney, Republican of Wyoming, and broke with their language on the January 6, 2021 riot, calling it a, quote, violent insurrection. And um, he actually used those words. Now, even people, uh, and yes, I am thinking of certain uh, specific individuals, uh, not one specific individual, but but uh, multiple uh, individuals with whom I've interacted on this uh, subject, both on and off the air, who object to such language. Um, You know, uh, I can think of one person who says, well, you know, they they, it's not like they showed up with guns and were shooting people, so you can't really call it that. And uh, (laughs) but uh, but I've always uh, stood by those words. Uh, I believe violent. It was clearly very violent. Um, I'm sure the 140 police officers who were injured on that day uh, thought it was pretty uh, pretty damned violent. 
And uh, I think insurrection is a perfectly appropriate term. We'll get to that part in a moment, though, uh, what the actual definition of insurrection is, because I know there's also some people who object to the use of that term, insurrection. Uh, They prefer to call it a riot, but uh, I think insurrection is perfectly appropriate. We have a call. Let's grab this, and then we'll get to uh, Mitch McConnell's comments in some detail. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hello? It's the Phantom. It was probably Mr. Krabs from Nashua. Oh, Mr. Krabs. Can you believe that, Mr. Krabs, Mikey? I cannot, and, and, I, and I'm still... I don't know how I can undo it, but I'm still getting email what all my... Uh, now, now I'm losing my dream. I'm losing... Now, I'm get, still getting emails in my inbox from them because I haven't unsubscribed when, when whenever they go live from uh, from Mr. Krabs. Yes. Oh well, well that's that's all right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, good to keep an eye on some people yes. if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so here's what McConnell said. Quote: It was a violent insurrection with the purpose of trying to prevent a peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election. That's what it was. Unquote. And to that I say, and again, you won't often hear me say things like this, but good for Mitch McConnell. Not mincing words, laying it out perfectly. I like what he said so much, I'm going to read it again. It was a violent insurrection with the purpose of trying to prevent a peaceful transfer of power after a legitimately certified election. That's what it was. By the way, I do recall... uh, it was uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, who was um, Trump's transportation secretary, Elaine Chao. She was uh, one of the folks on a, a short list of cabinet members who resigned uh, as a result of January 6th. So, uh, so unlike, say, uh, Kellyanne Conway and, uh, and her husband, uh, apparently the McConnells were uh, unified on this, it would appear. Uh, good afternoon to Chris Rose, who joins us from uh, the great state of uh, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. So, uh, the RNC sparked fierce backlash. Again, this is from TheHill.com. After it declared January 6th, when a mob of former president's followers breached the Capitol as, quote, legitimate. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Legitimate political discourse, unquote, in a resolution censuring Kinzinger and Cheney. RNC. By the way, I will just remind you, now Mitch McConnell did not agree, uh, he did not vote to impeach uh, President Trump uh, for this, for what happened, for inciting, even though he did say, what were his words? He actually, for someone who is voting not to impeach, he made a very strong argument against uh, President Trump when he said that Trump, what did he say, uh, morally and practically uh, was responsible for the events of January 6th with, with his uh, rhetoric, but he, he ultimately voted not to impeach. I forget exactly how he rationalized it, but RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel, who, by the way, is related to Mitt Romney, uh, appeared to, uh, I believe they're, uh, are they in-laws? or uh, Anyway, RNC chairwoman Ronna McDaniel appeared to try to clarify the resolution, alleging in a statement 
that the two GOP lawmakers were involved in persecuting citizens, quote, engaged in legitimate political discourse, but that had nothing to do with violence at the Capitol, unquote. The last section was not in the RNC resolution. Well, what does that mean then? Uh, what, 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 I mean, uh, what is, what, what does she mean? <laughs> well, what, what did it mean then? What are you talking about uh, there, uh, Rana? Uh, McConnell said he had confidence in McDaniel, uh, but that the job of the RNC was supporting all Republicans, not singling out members of the party. He added about the censure resolution, quote, this issue is whether or not the RNC should be sort of singling out members of our party who may have different views from the majority. That's not the job of the RNC, unquote. Well, that's uh, that's an interesting point, too, that he makes there. I didn't think that was the job's RNC either. I thought the Republican National Committee, their job was to... Uh, support and uh, almost uh, sort of uh, serve as an infrastructure for the Republican Party, just like the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, does for the Democrats. That's what I thought was the idea. But the RNC in this particular instance has uh, taken a clear position. A, a I mean, it's pro-Trump, right? They're trying to, um, you know, mollify the former president by making uh, comments or uh, singling out uh, Kinzinger and uh, Cheney. But uh, now let's talk because uh, this has been uh, the subject of some debate on the program and off the program. Uh, insurrection. Now, if you Google insurrection, uh, the first uh, definition uh, that comes up when I Google it, at least on my Chrome browser, a violent uprising against an authority or a government. Well, I have to tell you, that sounds to me very much like what happened on January 6th. January 6th, we witnessed a violent uprising against an authority or government. Uh, let's see, if I scroll down, uh, people also ask, uh, what is the legal definition of an insurrection? Let's see. It says here, this is from uh, Britannica.com. Uh, insurrection, an organized and usually violent act of revolt or rebellion against an established government or governing authority of a nation state or other political entity by a group of its citizens or subjects. Also, any act of engaging in such a revolt. So after the also. So the, the one thing that I think some people. I mean, again, in, in, in my mind, I think the uh, use of the word insurrection is perfectly appropriate. It was a violent uprising against the government designed specifically to interfere with a democratic process of the government, which is certifying an election. Um, and again, if you ask the 140 officers who were uh, injured on that day, uh, Maybe even if you ask the one who uh, I don't remember the names of all the folks, but if you uh, the one who had his eye, the officer who had his eye poked out, or the officer who was uh, being crushed in a door, uh, you know, uh, they might tell you it seemed like an insurrection to them. Uh, or if you were to ask the family of Brian Sicknick, uh, you know, he might uh, they might tell you that it uh, seemed like an insurrection. But um, the one thing that people who would argue against the use of that term uh, might be 
they would say, well, what about organized? This was not organized. This was a spontaneous event. But the problem with that is uh, the more we learn uh, through the January 6th committee about the events of January 6th, the more organized it appears to be. So that is not to say that every single person there uh, had intended to do what they did that day. Surely not. But, uh, you know, <laughs> if you read these stories about the involvement of the Oath Keepers and some of these other organizations, uh, there was some definite organization there. But again, uh, this has more than one uh, definition, this term. Uh, as I said, Britannica, you know, the second definition is any act of engaging in such a revolt. So it doesn't have to be necessarily organized. But, but again, I think that um, we're learning uh, that it may be more organized than it initially appeared. But I, uh, I stand by uh, the word insurrection. I've never backed down from it. And I stand with Mitch McConnell on this. I think he summed it up rather perfectly. Uh, Mel McMell uh, joins us in the Facebook live chat and says, hey, everyone. Hello, Mel. Uh, Crystal says, ah, Mitt Romney and his social media alter ego, uh, Pierre Delecto. I forgot about that. Yes. Uh, Crystal says, technically, Seattle's Chaz was an insurrection, too. Not exactly a peaceful protest. Um, yeah, I, I guess. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I certainly wouldn't put, wouldn't put it on the same, uh, level necessarily. I hope you're not engaging in, in whataboutism, Crystal, because I think that's, uh, uh, beneath you, but, um, that's often though what people will do. It's, it's a right wing talking point. And I'm not saying that's what you're trying to do, Crystal, but, uh, because I don't think it is, but a lot of times you'll hear, you know, if you start complaining about what happened on January 6th and what a disgrace it was. Some Republicans, not all, certainly, and I, Mitch McConnell clearly would not do this, but some Republicans will will do the whataboutism and they'll say, well, what about, uh, you know, what about what happened in Seattle or what about Portland, Oregon? And, you know, and then I have to say, well, uh, I decry all violence <laughs> because, you know, in this whataboutist polarized um the political atmosphere that we live in, uh, you know, people who want to downplay January 6th think that's a, a valid argument, uh, uh, you know, as, as an excuse or a rationalization. Well, what about happened? What happened here? What about what happened there? And it's like, well, hey, I don't like that either. I decry all violence, period. So the whataboutism doesn't really work with me. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? What's up, man? It's Tony. Oh, Tony D. How are you? I haven't heard from you in a while. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening in. Um, I wanted to touch on something. I, I, I guess I guess it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. Mm. But um, just to give you a little backstory on why I'm bringing this up and why I'm a little uneasy. Uh, last week, there was a... Uh, organization well two organizations in, in philly that formed themselves for a rally one against getting the vaccine the booster shot and then another one about police brutality and they met at the same place resulting in one of my friends being murdered oh my Back god three people three people were murdered in total one of them was one of my high school friends 
Oh wow! I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, Tony. That's that's horrific. Where was this? Yeah, uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, it was down by like Art Museum Circle. Um, I, I didn't know if it hit national news. I don't know if it hit national news or not. But I'll, I'll tell you three. what it, it it got by me, uh, which is surprising yeah, because yeah. that's uh, wow that that's horrific. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's terrible that it happened, but it's well, uh, it's especially terrible this is, that this is someone what, you know. That's this that's is awful. What I want to bring up to you, Matt. Yeah. You know, I was listening yesterday when uh... the just because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast. From Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. The Just Because Deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Mike Doyle. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So he was calling in, and they were talking about, you know, promoting racism and all. Racism is here. It is here, and it is back at full force. These were two organizations that were against each other based upon racial thoughts or racial beliefs and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. The more that I think about it and the more that I sit back, you know, America is not the greatest country in the world no more. We're not. We are are the laughingstock of the world. You know, we're number one in in incarceration. Yes. You know, we're we're number one in in incarceration. I I, I watched a video on this, so I'm just just giving you something from what I – from what uh, I heard. But we're number two in that people believe in angels. Oh, did you – We're not number – we're not – we're not number one in economy and in infrastructure and in building plans and all of this, but we're number one in racism. Tony, we're number to- one against each other. Tony, yeah, Tony, did, did you, uh, are you referring to the, the clip from uh, the show newsroom with Jeff Daniels? Yes, with the guy, with the guy from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. That, that's a great, uh, I only saw the first couple of seasons, but that's a great show. And I'm very familiar yeah. with that scene. I've I've watched that a few times. Yes. <laughs> and then like and then when you watch that and then you do a little study on it, it's absolutely correct. We're not we're not the greatest country in the world no more. You know, my friend lost his life because he went to a rally or whatever whatever you want to call it. Um, and they it got out of control. You know, Philadelphia is like up there in, in homicides right now and there's really no justice for it right now. I mean, you had one person from one side lose their life and two from the other, yeah. you know, and, and, and it, it was, you know, it, it was preventable, you know, in my eyes, it was preventable. What? But what? like with that clip and then what has happened and then you sit back and you really listen to that, you know, we aren't the greatest country no more, Matt. We really aren't. I mean, the, Repu- the Republican side, I agree with Jenny, 
is is just a broken puzzle all over the place. And then you got the Democratic side that just doesn't want to do nothing. And then like, you know, well, Mike said yesterday if you had a if you had a choice to pick Biden or uh, Trump to vote for again, who would you pick? And you said Biden. Mm-hmm. Jenny said Biden. And then, you know, you would obviously pick Trump. Me personally, we got to do better on that front. We need young heads and young, young younger generations to start moving in. Mm-hmm. Because none of this is going to get fixed with the old timers that are, are in office right now. I agree. You know, the more... The more and more that I hear Ted Cruz, the more and more I want to just punch him in the friggin' face <laughs> because, because you know, it's just you. You brought it up about when his wife got slammed by yeah. Trump, slammed, yeah, and then you know got called everything under the butt, and the next you know you're kissing you're kissing his butt, mm-hmm. you know you're kissing his butt. What are we fixing? What are we fixing, guys? I mean, we're we're in a social media world where hate's on hate. Hates everywhere. You can't avoid it. You can't. You you can't. You can't stop it. You know, newspaper articles, news outlets, all this stuff. You know, you can't stop the hate. And you know, all the messages that you know you see that are coming from news outlets, especially that one that Tucker uh, Carlson. Mm-hmm. You know, he sat down with an African American gentleman who 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 blatantly said. That he was a. Did you see that about the being a sexual predator or something like that? Did you see that? No, no, I'm I'm not sure the clip. He, he had a guy on his show, and they were talking about the race in America, and for some reason, somehow, the subject from the guy that was getting interviewed got turned around, and he started talking about being a sexual predator or something like that. It, it's it's really like crazy like it's like tucker carlson was like whoa whoa, like like my ratings are going to drop right now but (laughs) this is what we're dealing with in america man it's 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 absolutely saddening to see what has unfolded in the last two and a half years at the beginning of this pandemic like everything has crumbled everything you know between the riots between people being murdered between innocent lives being killed because of stupidity of not getting the vaccine you know these things are preventable. And that's the key thing that I'm trying to say is that these things are preventable. Things are preventable if you have the resources to make it preventable. And like, you know, people are just dying and it's, it's preventable. Like the drug stuff with the fentanyl, you know, we, you can make an effort to stop it, but I don't think that will ever stop. That's a pandemic in itself. You know, it's yeah. just, where do you go, Matt? Where do you go as a, as a U.S. citizen? And you as a radio show host who syndicate yourself all the way through and you say to your people, where do you go? How do you actually justify what America is today? Because the new generation that's coming behind us is going to destroy this, the millennials. It's, it's just they're brainwashed. People are brainwashed. I guess what I'm trying to get to on it, Matt, is like, where do you see America in 10 years? Oh God, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Where do you see America in three years? When 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 re-election happens, what do you think is going to happen in three years if Trump and Biden go at it again? Oh, you just sent a chill up my spine just thinking about it. Um, 
think about think about the protests. Think about the burning down. Think about yeah. the cops. Think about all that. Think about that. Where are we going to be in three years? Because right now we're living in the present, right? We're living through this moment right now. Mm-hmm. And and this moment sucks. It, it, <laughs> it sucks for kids. It sucks for everyone. But what's going to happen when everything turns political? Everything. Because schools are turning political. Mm-hmm. Jobs are turning political. I told you that my, you know, my company put out that mandate that if you didn't get vaccinated, you're going to be without a job. Yep. yep. That's showing that's showing that jobs are going political. They're taking it on a political stance. True. I agree with them on that. I agree with them on that. I yeah. agree with the vaccine. Don't, don't get me wrong. Oh, I know. But yeah. Yeah. they're taking a political stance. School districts, mm-hmm. school boards, all these things are going political. Sports games, mm-hmm. political. I mean, everywhere you turn is political. So where do you look at America in three years? Where, where's it going to be? We're in, what, inflation right now? You can't even get... You can't even get a gallon of milk for under three bucks. You know, I got I got I got a, a case of water that was usually a dollar forty eight for thirty bottles of water at Walmart. It's now three eighty seven. Yeah. You know, where are we going to be in four years? I got I drive a truck for a living. Diesel fuel was usually the cheapest fuel you could get. You could get away maybe at two ninety eight a gallon, mm-hmm. four sixty seven a gallon right now. Yeah. So, I mean, where are we going to be in, in three years? What What is this going to turn into? I'm scared. I'm scared for what what what's going to happen. Are we going to have homes? Are we going to be struggling? You know, mm-hmm. where where do you really turn to? Well, I mean, so, there's uh, as far as the economy, there's there's negative uh, things happening, like inflation, for example. But there's also positive things happening too. Um, part of what drives. Oh no, I, I, yeah, I could agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the overall economic picture is actually very good, but that's part of what drives inflation is the economy is span is expanding so quickly because of the snapback effect from the shutdowns that that actually causes inflation, and the Fed tries to keep that under control with how they manipulate interest rates. But there's only so much they can do. I mean, there's a lot of good. I, I guess what I'm saying is it's not all doom and gloom, Tony. There's a lot of good news too. But to, to your point about everything being politicized, you're right. I don't think I can remember a time when everything seemed to be as politicized as it is. And, and that's, I think, largely, or if not entirely, because of the pandemic. Um, you know, that's why schools are politicized, because of these mask policies. And, uh, yep. you know, that's why, like, yep. you, gave, you gave a great example of your job, you know, where, they, where the company had to tell everybody, look, you get vaccinated or you don't work here anymore. So, so then your job becomes politicized, and and we are more politicized than ever, I think, in that uh, in that respect. Um, I don't. I'm not entire. I'm not sure that even that's all bad, though. I mean, I think it's uncomfortable, but at least people are more engaged than they've ever been politically, and that can be a good thing. Unfortunately, some very bad ideas come out of that, so that can be a bad thing. But um, but it's not all doom and gloom. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic about the future. But I have to be, or I'll or I'll plunge even deeper into uh, a state of depression if I don't. Um, so right. <laughs> you know, I'm depressed enough. Because... But, but you got you. But you got to you got to look at like like uh, today um, was the first day that they lifted the mass mandate for schools down here. Yeah, there was. A cry and fighting 
all over the school board's meeting last night on the Zoom meeting because one side wanted the mask to stay and the other side wanted the mask to go. And the governor said that he's going to leave it up to the school districts Mm -hmm. to make the determination on whether or not they want to keep masks in their district or not, but he's lifting the mandate. So it went, it went 100% political and you see parents fighting like kids. And it was, it was the saddest thing I've ever heard between um, just, just to wear a mask, just to wear a mask. Something interesting, something interesting is happening. Who's I forget, Tony, refresh my memory. Who's your governor? And, and, Bill Murphy. Bill, okay. Um, a Democrat. And something interesting is happening. I mean, this isn't this has nothing to do with the point you were making, but it's kind of a it's kind of an interesting side note about that. Um, there are Democrat Democratic governors now across the country who are uh, beginning to ease away from the CDC guidance and lifting mask mandates. Um, not Republican governors, but Democratic governors. Um because and I, I think part of it is there and it's it's mostly governors who are up for reelection soon. So I think they want to, um, you know, they, they don't want to alienate themselves uh, too much from independents or or uh, perhaps uh, Republicans who would have previously even uh, crossed party lines and voted for them. But it's interesting what's happening right. there with the mandates. Yeah. You know, I, I just hope here's here's my thing, Matt. I think I told you this before. I was a Republican before. I voted Republican the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I hope, <laughs> just hope, that in 2024, there's a better candidate on the Republican side than Trump. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because what <laughs> any Republican can do what Trump does, well, do it better. But do it better in more of a political way, not like this, you know, speaking out of terms and just being a crazy radical mm-hmm. idiot. You know, you, there's like Marco Rubio, for example. Yes. If he were to run, if he were to run, like I would vote for that guy. Now, if DeSantis would, were to run, I wouldn't vote for that guy because he's, he's just a mirroring image and a wannabe of Trump. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't care you for know, him either. Just, you know, screw that state. You know, <laughs> so you know, it's just. Well, that's me personally. Go ahead, man. That that's the point I was making yesterday when Mike. Maybe you heard this part. Actually, you probably did when Mike Doyle called, and I was. You know, Mike was talking about. Well, yeah, I don't like some of what Trump says and does, but I I like his policies. And I said to Mike, and he agreed with me on this. I said, well, you know, when when people say they like his policies why do you, you don't need Trump for that. If you like Trump's policies, then what you're really saying or what I'm hearing is, so you're a Republican, you like Republican policies. And I used Marco Rubio as an example. I said, do you really think you're going to get something drastically different with somebody like Marco Rubio who, you know, doesn't say and do and conduct himself the way that Trump does? Not that I'm a big Marco Rubio fan, but I, you know, I certainly would respect him a lot more than Trump. You know, and Mike said, well, yeah, I mean, you, you would get uh, probably the same policies, basically. Yeah. So it's like even the guy that ran, I can't think of his name, Matt, but he, he voted for the impeachment of Trump. What's his name? Kinzinger? Adam Kinzinger? No, no. On, on the Republican side, he ran for president. Um, what's his name? Ran against Obama. Oh, uh, uh, Romney, Mitt Romney. 
Mitt Romney. Mittens like, of even Utah. Like him, I think he has an understanding of how the Constitution works. Yes. He he works by the Constitution, just like a president should, mm-hmm. and or any politician should. Yeah. Anyone that follows the rules of the of the Constitution has my vote on either side. If if I'm going left or right, you know, but just follow the rules of the Constitution of the United States of America. You know, just do the job. Do the job right. how it's supposed to be, not try to overturn something because, you know, you want it. You know, right. that's where all these firm believers are stuck at because everyone that you talk to, I mean, like, I'm outside my house right now and I'm looking across the street and this lady still hasn't taken down her Trump flag <laughs> since the election. Oh, Tony, I, I see that all the time here, I'll tell you, especially if you get out of the city. Uh, and, you, and you go into more rural areas around here. Oh yeah, I still see plenty of Trump signs up, uh, Trump flags, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's you know, it's just. I guess where I'm trying to go is is that what we're seeing right now, and what the children that are growing up are seeing is way different than what you've seen. I see growing up. Yeah, you know, they're. They're going to get brainwashed with this stuff. You know, they're going to get brainwashed with this. And it's going to turn into a huge, huge problem eventually down the line. You know, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, I don't, I, I, I tried to figure out what he did. Um, he, I guess he was racist or something or said a couple racist remarks on his show. Well, but he, a he, guy that I follow, he used the N word oh, yeah. quite, quite a few times over so, the years. Yeah, seventy times I think it was right. <laughs> uh, something like that. It was a it was a large number. I mean, he's I'm not. I don't I don't believe he's a a, a racist, but he, uh, but you know, he was trying to be shocking or whatever, which is not an excuse or a rationalization. Just he should know. And, and then that's the thing. He should and know then, better. Like, the brand that is supporting him is saying, if you don't want to be on the channel, they'll be on the channel. They're sticking by him. But then you got crazy Whoopi, you know, talking all crazy nonsense you know and she got what she deserved you know she her career is probably going to spiral down just like roseanne and you know yeah it's just matt we're just living in a really dark place man we're living in a really dark place and i'm really scared in the next three years three years i'll get it three years yeah i mean i'm looking i told my wife the other night i said this ukraine and russia stuff i mean if this if this, if this happens we're, we're going to go into a world war. I mean, China and Russia are going to ally with each other, and we're we're going to have we're going to have a, a world war upon our hands. Well, so, I, I I hope not. <laughs> I certainly hope not. I, I I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I, I'm I'm going to be. Uh... Are you in a? There's a, there's a lot of wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of wind over here. I'm going to clear up your line, but I just wanted to call in and just, you know, put my two-piece in on this whole radical crap that's happening across America. And that video clip that I saw, that you, the guy's name that you said, this was a great video clip. I wouldn't even share that with everyone because, I mean, it, make, it does make sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, from uh, Newsroom, yes. All right, Tony. Yeah, well, yeah. well. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for the call, and uh, and again, I'm very sorry to hear about your friend. That is horrific. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. All right. all right, Matt. All right, Tony. Take care. Be well. All right. See you. All right. Bye bye.
All right, Tony D. from Philadelphia. I've been a long time since we've heard from him. But, yes, it sounded very windy where he was, so I, I missed some of what he was saying at the end there. But uh, but that opens up a line for you, 603-250-6007. 603-250-6007. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't even uh, venture to predict where the country will be in 10 years or three years or... But uh, but I do try to be, you know, optimistic about things. I mean, and, and again, you know, just to expand a little bit, and then I do want to, there's a lot of uh, Facebook Live uh, comments that I want to get to, but, um, you know, as far as the economy, uh, again, it's um, a mixed picture in the sense that on the one hand, inflation obviously is out of control. That is true. But there's also some very positive things happening in the economy too. Unemployment at, at the lowest it's been in many decades. Um, you know, uh, in addition to uh, price inflation, we're also seeing wage inflation in many sectors of the economy. Wage inflation meaning, you know, so much for fight for 15, right? Now you you don't have to fight for it now. You can go and, and work at Dairy Queen and get your 15, so there's there's a lot of good things happening too because of the elasticity of the economy. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, yeah, I'm sorry that I was so abrupt earlier, but I wanted to <laughs> call okay. back and, and uh, Tony's listening. I want to say sorry for your friend there that got uh, lost his life there. That's that's just horrible. So yeah, that is I, rest in peace. I was uh, yes, and uh, you know the uh, you sounded you know a little uh, gloom and doom, but as I always I always say, I don't. Really, I try to live by the, this phrase, but the uh, only only the good Lord knows what's going to happen, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll take care of us, you know, and, and hopefully there won't be a uh, a World War Three. So we got to yeah, I don't try to keep a, a positive attitude because that that, that would be uh, very very bad. Well, yes, I don't th- I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, um, I don't think so either. I, I think the the Russia there, Putin there, he wants a certain something, and uh, this is why he's trying to. Trying to get something with, with the um, doing this uh, crazy thing about trying to start a war, but I don't think he really wants war. No, I don't think he, he does either. Something. I don't think he does either. I this think is he. His way uh, of getting it. You know, you you start high when you're negotiating for something, right? So he he asks for something he knows we can't give him. He asks for a guarantee that we will never allow Ukraine into NATO. He knows that's unacceptable. Uh, so, uh, you know, but that's, that's his starting, uh, that's his opening bid, (laughs) but, uh, no, I, my friend friend says he doesn't think there's going to be a war there either. And they they want people want him to stop doing, you know, the the troops, uh, build up and all that craziness going on there for something that he's probably not going to do anyways. Right. You know, he's, 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 he's all mixed up. You know, he's been the leader there too many years. I think is. His brain is fried. He's been there a long time. Yes. Too long. But he's a big, strong man. Well, anyway, the Tony D is still listening. You know, like, like, like you said a few minutes ago, hopefully we're not headed to a World War III because if it is, we're all, we're, we're, we won't have to worry about it because we'll all be gone. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. So hopefully, hopefully that's not going to happen. So let's try to keep a positive attitude out there. So. And with these, right, uh, I'll hang up now and uh, clear the line. <laughs> all right, Eric. Thank you for the call. Bye bye. All right, easy G. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm optimistic, again, cautiously so, about the Ukraine situation because I feel that, um, you know, Putin is uh, uh, posturing for something. Um, 
attention, credibility, and, and, and probably some sort of public assurance of something. Perhaps that it might be as simple as just uh, promising, guaranteeing him that NATO will never invade Russia, which, again, we all know that NATO is never going to invade Russia. Why would that happen? But it's something that he can bring back to the Russian people and say, hey, look what I did. Look what a great and powerful leader I am. You all right over there, Mikey? Yeah. You're, were your eyes closed? You falling asleep? Yeah, it's one of those days. Ah, yes. Well, it's winter. Yes. Yes. Um, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to chime in. 603-250-6007. Uh, Mike Sutterth will be, uh, should be arriving soon for his Tweakonomics segment. He returns uh, this week. Also, uh, tomorrow on the show, Gracie Gatto uh, will be in studio with us, and I uh, I think uh, John Hopwood, I assume, will be coming in as well because she's going to be on his uh, television program and then uh, joining us here in studio. Uh, scrolling back here to these uh, comments in the Facebook live chat, a lot of good uh, input uh, in here. I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. Um Tom Blanchard said, maybe it's that solar flare that happened a couple of days ago. Huh, not aware of that. Oh, regarding the Facebook issues. Yes. Um, Let's see. Uh, Mel McMell says, again, this is regarding uh, what Tony was saying. uh, We will never be number one, whatever that means, while we are burning books uh, uh, and are not allowing American history to be taught in schools. Um, yeah. And interesting what you say there, Mel, we will never be number one. And then parenthetically, whatever that means, because that is a subjective thing, right? Like I actually, and, uh, it might be surprising to some people to hear me say this because I know people think I'm so liberal uh, just because I don't like Trump or whatever. I'm not as liberal as everyone thinks I am, but, uh, but I am, and this is not a liberal sounding thing to say. This is something you more more conservative sounding. But um, although I don't, I don't think conservatives do have or should have a monopoly on conservat on uh, on patriotism. But I I've always felt that uh, that this is the greatest country on earth. But but that's but that's me. It's it's the only country I've lived in. So <laughs> you know, it's it's purely subjective. I can honestly tell you, there's nowhere else in the world that I'd rather live. And I know it sounds corny to some or, or, or maybe naive. Uh, but, um, but I do believe in the American dream, whatever that is, because that's also subjective, but I do believe that we live in a country where you can be anything you want to be. You can accomplish whatever you want to accomplish. I think it's gotten harder over the years in many ways economically, but I do think that that's all still possible. So I still believe in America fundamentally. Um, but uh, we have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. It's Mike Doyle. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, hey. I would agree with you on that very last point you were just saying. I still, you, you can't say we're not the greatest country in the world based on we incarcerate a lot of people. That's that's that that equation doesn't. There's still so many things you can do in this world. In in the U.S., you know, you can start companies. You can you can do you can educate yourself. You can do. There's this things that most a lot of other countries won't even let you do. Well, but you and, know what? Uh, you know what? You know what else makes us great, Mike, is that you actually, in this country, you can say 
that we're not the greatest country in the world and nothing will happen to you because you saying that is constitutionally protected if you do choose to say that. But it's all subjective. Yeah. Like when yeah, I, when but, I but just to, just to be clear, yeah. though, I'm not bothered if, if somebody else wants to say that we're not the greatest country <clears> in the world. And they present reasons why. I totally respect that. It, it's all subjective. I, all just, right. I you know, I, I personally don't see it the same way that Tony does. Um, I agree that it's terrible that we do have the highest incarceration rate in the modern industrialized world, and I blame that largely on the drug war, which, as you know, I oppose. But, uh, but I personally, right. to me, to me, this is the greatest country in the world. There's no, uh, there's no country I'd rather be in. Although some days can't. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, this wasn't an anti. This wasn't an anti Tony call that I. Oh, I know. Attacking him. I, I was just saying yeah. that's his opinion, and that's great. He has his opinion. Yes. You know, and I respect that. That's what he thinks. But yeah, I'm just telling you what I think, and I kind of yeah. fall in line with you on that point. Yeah. But the only reason I wanted to call real quick, I, when I heard him going through all the negatives. The just because deal. Hey. Oh, what's this? Breakfast. From Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Of this country. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting there hearing them listing all the negatives right now mm -hmm. and and i know you're going to say i disagree with some of these but it's it's amazing how short-minded people are from just before the pandemic where we were as a country we we're in pretty we we're in pretty decent shape you know exporting we were energy independent exporting oil at that point we were lowest unemployment in history across the board right we were we since they've been recording poverty I think that's levels, now, the I think, lowest poverty level. I think that's now, actually, Mike. As far as the lowest unemployment, I believe you're talking about right now when you say lowest unemployment. Well, but, no, this was back. This was back then. I'm right. talking about this was back then. Oh, you mean so, up? You mean up to that point? Up to that point. Okay. Right at that know. at that point or up to that point. Uh, I don't know. You know if what I mean? That's we even had, accurate, had, but I, I know. Had, you, you, I mean, you love Trump. I know. I know. But I, uh, I. It's see, not that. Don't see why do you have to do that? I'm just telling. Why can't you just? Uh, I mean, they're facts. I mean, well, it's just what they are. I, I. Well, you know my position. I am very uh, uh, hesitant and skeptical of giving any chief executive too much credit and or blame for the performance of the economy. And just to show that I'm consistent in that, you know, Mike, right now, I mean, inflation is very high, but overall the economy is actually booming. We have a rapidly growing economy. Do I give Biden credit for that? Absolutely not. It's got nothing to do with him. Just like I don't really give Trump credit for it either uh, when some economic indicators were positive under Trump. Just like I don't blame Trump for when he did the 15 days to slow the spread and that crashed the economy. That was necessary. Just like I don't blame inflation on President Biden. I just don't. And I think most economists would back me up. A chief executive, yeah, some policies may influence some aspects of the economy, but to just say every, everyone's so partisan with it. If the guy, and not just you, Mike, everyone, Republicans, Democrats, if the guy they like is in the White House and the economy is great, they think the guy in the White House is responsible for all of it. And if the guy in the White House they don't like and the economy is bad, they blame it all on the guy in the White House. It's it's just all, it just all so, sounds so partisan to me. 
but do, but do, do you not think that a major a major error was the oil the oil theory that day one um, changed us from oil independent to having to have to ask for oil? Our country runs on oil. Think about what trucking, cars, um, manufacturing. You know, plastic is made with oil. Think of all the things that run that that, that oil is needed, and now we have to go ask for it. We have to go. And, and pay somebody else's price that you know that's not a good that's not a good just take out republican or democrat do you mm-hmm. think that's a good theory if you have something in your hand and it's helping you succeed with your with what you're trying to do and you say you know what i'm going to get rid of that and i'm going to go to the other hand and i'm going to say i want to buy the stuff that i was getting in the other hand, you know yeah originally. i think i i i think there's uh We have to figure out how to we've got to somehow figure out how to save the planet, um, but also without, you know, destroying the economy in the process. And I'm sure there's ways to do that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that you're right about that. You got to find a happy medium. You know what I mean? You just got to find a happy medium. And that's what Trump was saying about the, the, the when he got out of the Paris climate agreement and because China was polluting twice as much as any other nation. And and yet they had they were still considered a a a uh, not a full country you know a, a well, epic, well I can't remember what the word is you wanna you and, wanna and so he was saying give give us the you know they got to have the same standards manufacturing that we have to have and because they're and they're polluting t- twice as much and everybody said Trump's trying to ruin the world and 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 ruin climate change no he was just trying no. to get China to to come into conformity with with pollution. And and I don't know. Well, I don't understand that. I guess. Well, if you want a happy medium, Trump's not your guy because Trump didn't want to do anything economically. Trump's the guy who said, you know, we can't have windmills because they cause cancer, so we can't have wind energy, which is he just made up. I mean, he literally, I think, made that up off the top of his head <laughs> one day. Yeah, oh, they, you know, windmills yeah, cause windmills I'm, cause I'm cancer. Sure he makes up a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that's my point. But uh, yeah, but you can see, you can also say that right now. Also, the guy who's in charge now, we're starting to hear things that are just like crazy, you know. So like what? But anyways, I, that, that's all. I just wanted to I just wanted to re- remember that right before the pandemic hit, this country was in half decent shape. It was semi rocking and rolling. Manufacturing was up. Manufacturing had come back because of the lower tax rates. More people were working, so more people were paying taxes. Right. People were coming off poverty. A million people came off the poverty. He tried to send the him and Tim Scott had that opportunity zone where they were sending billions to lower income cities to try to help the, the minorities in those cities. Oh, I, 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 going on. I supported that. Yeah. Yeah. And when yeah, and when Obama, first, when Obama, left, when Obama left office, the economy was growing and Trump definitely benefited from that. Yes, you're yeah. right. You're right, and kept it going. So, uh, but I, I don't, don't agree with that. But I'll, even if you say that, that's great. Well, that is. There was a little uptick when there was a little uptick when when uh, he came out, and and uh, more than a little. And uh, Trump but Trump kept it going. All there right, was that's the, fine. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The economy was rocking when Obama left. Which, by the way, but by the way, just to show I'm consistent, I don't. I'm not saying I give Obama credit for that. Again, I don't give the president credit for. Yeah. Anything with the economy. The economy was doing extraordinarily well when Obama left office. But I'm not saying, just to be clear, I'm not saying that's, uh, you know, that's Obama's doing. 
I'm just saying. I, I was I was listening to a guy today on the financial network, and he was saying there is no way we're going to avoid four dollars to four dollars and fifty cents a gallon per gas. There's no way, and and I'm I don't know what is you know I I understood his theory. He was saying the countries around the world that we're going to buy from are not going to are not going to you know say oh we'll give you a break you know we're in the United States we're going to give you a break you know so he said there's no way that you know that that uh, gas is not going to go to four dollars a gallon and that just hurts everybody who goes to work right yeah who wants to vacation who wants to who has a trucking company who has a this, that, and the next thing, you know? Well, that's why... A good friend of mine owned a trucking company, and he, he retired a year and a half ago, and right in time, because he, he thought he heard that... And he, he buys, I think he said, like 30,000 gallons of fuel a year. And you multiply that by the raised prices, you know, that you start saying, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of trucking companies that are getting banged, too, so... we gotta we got to do something with this oil, and that might stabilize everything else. Some of the inflation... Some of the how we get stuff, right? How we get fruit and vegetables to the store. They got to come in a truck, which needs oil. You know what I mean? Sure. Things like that. So if we if we stabilize the oil situation, I think that would go a long ways to helping with the inflation. And then hopefully the mm. uh, the economy keeps growing like it is coming back from the pandemic. It should grow. A lot of people were out of work, and that's all good. And hopefully we can get some stability. Is is I guess what a lot of people are looking for. So. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So I don't. I didn't want to. You know, I just wanted when he was mentioning all that stuff about how the country's going down, and you know, I I just was like, you know, I don't think it's that negative like you do. You know, I don't think it's that. uh, Yeah, I mean, there's some things that we got to. There's some things we got to work on, but things are things are very intense. That's that's how I see it. With the things are very intense in the country, and intense and just generally tense. The pandemic really, I I think, is the root of much of it. Um, even yeah, e- even just driving around, I don't know if you notice it, Mike, but people are more aggressive. And there's statistics that show. I just saw something the other day about for the first time in decades, uh, the number of of traffic accidents in the country is is has actually increased instead of decreased, and uh, because people yeah. are driving more aggressively <laughs> and. Uh, and I think that might be part of what what Tony is feeling. And also, too, you know, he's got a new child. I think he's got three kids now. And so I would imagine oh, yeah. if, if you're a parent and you're you're you've got three young children and you're looking at the world and you're you know you get worried. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but he's I got to buy. Think of it. He's got to buy milk, right, for the kids. He's got to buy cereals and vegetables and fruits. And so he's feeling it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When he's going to the store. Yeah. And I told you one last thing. Here's the the simplest fix of all time. Get rid of Republicans and get rid of Democrats. No more labels. You're all in the room together to do what you the best you can do for our state cuz that's who represented you to go there. You know what I mean? And just get rid of the Rs and Ds. Oh, I would love and then, that. And you wouldn't have you wouldn't have the, um, as much of this tension. Just you're a person representing a state. Simple as that. Oh, I would love so, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I and hate get rid I hate of this the... R and D and you know what I mean? The, yeah. The, I don't know if you read that article about the, the, the fentanyl, but why why are the Democrats trying to stop that from being called a schedule one drug? Because so because schedule against the, the 
people who sell it. There's a very good reason, Mike, because uh, once it goes to Schedule 1, that means it has no medical use. It's just an illicit substance. And fentanyl is legitimately used uh, to treat people with chronic pain. And if you uh, if you make it so doctors can't prescribe it at all anymore, uh, you're going to see uh, very quickly an increase in suicides among chronic pain sufferers. That's why. The deb- oh, I the deb- didn't know that. If, yeah. if, they, if it just becomes a different schedule, then doctors can't use it? If it goes to Schedule 1, that means it has no uh, medical use. Oh, I didn't know that. I never, I didn't read that anywhere. So yeah. uh, that makes sense then, I, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, I didn't read that. I, I, that kind of amazes me that if it works for somebody, who cares what, what it's called, Schedule 1, Schedule 2, as long as it works for somebody, why wouldn't they give it to them? But yeah. anyways, hey, yeah, good show though. Good show. I just wanted to chime in. Nothing, nothing pressing. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Though. All right, Mike. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Talk to you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, that was our friend Mike Doyle, and um, let's see, we're a bit past the top of the hour. I'm surprised Mike Sutterth isn't here yet, but uh, let's um, take a break. I had something else I wanted to play, but I somehow lost it. (laughs) Uh, You know what we'll do? I've been trying to play, um, ah, what the hell? I know what I'll play. I I just played it the other day, but I can play it again because I love it. Um, I've been trying to play songs that I think are uh, particularly poignant for uh, Black History Month because it is February. And um, I'll play a little Public Enemy. Can't go wrong with Public Enemy. Right, Texas Mike? Right. Yes. All right. We'll be back. More Unleashed coming up. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. We are well in hour number two, Numero Dos of Matt Connerton Unleashed. And we are live from the studios of WMNH 95.3 FM in glorious downtown Manchester, New Hampshire. Also on Comcast 97 if you're in Manchester. And, of course, uh, hello to all of our online listeners across the nation and around the globe. Uh, You can... uh, Of course, go to my website, mattconnerton.com, for all of your live streaming options, social media links, uh, show info, show archives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Sorry, I was just looking at some of these. uh, Facebook is being so weird and glitchy today, so if I sounded distracted, I'm sorry. Just trying to, it looks like we're still streaming on uh, the Facebook, but the comments are still doing that thing where they're appearing and disappearing and then reappearing and it's very confusing so uh if you have a comment in the facebook live chat that you uh, think is brilliant and you can't wait for me to read it and we do have some great comments in there but um if i don't read yours don't take it personally it's probably because i literally did not see it it's uh facebook is being very strange facebook is being facebook what are you gonna do but uh yes and uh i don't know where mike sutterth is he uh he did message me earlier today. You know, he wasn't uh, able to make it in last week. He 
messaged me today and said, hi, Matt, all clear for five. And I gave him a thumbs up and he gave me a thumbs up and uh, I haven't heard from him since. So maybe he's just running very late uh, or it is after five. Maybe he can't get into the building. I don't know. But uh, 603-250-6007 is the number if you'd like to chime in. 603-250-6007. You can also text me at 617-917-4476. Tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to Matt at MattConnerton.com. And, of course, you can always interact and opine in the Facebook live chat. Like I said, Facebook is being a little wonky, so can't promise I'll see your comment, but I will try. (laughs) Uh, But uh, best thing to do so that we can hear and enjoy your dulcet tones is to give us a call at 603-250-6007. Tomorrow on the show, Gracie Gatto uh, will be joining us in studio, and I think she's bringing one of her uh, political friends with her. Uh, She'll also be appearing tomorrow on Ward 13 with John Hop with the television program. So I think she's going to do John's show and then uh, pop in here. So we look forward to that. And on Thursday, I believe uh, Christian Lacoste, uh, better known to some as DJ Reckless, uh, is coming in with us. And he might be bringing a guest as well. Uh, Today, of course, we have Texas Mike over there on the couch. Yeehaw. Yeehaw, Texas Mike. How have you been? Been good. Just, Just busy, working a lot of hours. Yeah. Just trying to juggle too many things at once. And we should uh, plug where you work. So you work at uh, Frank Kors uh, still? Yep, Frank Kors. We are about to have an ownership change. So Really? Yep. Oh. Yeah, so. Did you buy the place? Is that what's going on? No, no. Oh. I, no, <laughs> I, no, I I did not buy it. But, <laughs> but the owners are being bought out by an employee of the company. So Oh. It, so it'll be interesting, but. I'll still be employed, so it's not like I'm losing my job. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Uh, is that um, about to happen, or is it in the process of... Uh... It, it it It's in it's in the works right now. It should be finalized next month, and then next wait, a month from now, I'll be down in Virginia working with the USCAA at another national tournament, this time basketball, so I'll be in, oh. so I'll be in Petersburg, oh. which, which is like... 30 minutes south of Richmond, so... Oh, very nice. Looking forward to that. Got my travel booked for that. Taking the train both ways. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Am- Amtrak is fun. Yes. Very good. If you like that. Some people don't like being on, on a train. They get claustrophobic or whatever, but oh. I've only done that once, but when I was a kid, um, you know, I used to spend the summers out in Chicago with my mom after my parents split up and my mom moved back to Chicago and um, usually I would fly out. You know, my dad would bring me to Logan Airport, put me on a plane. I'd fly out to O'Hara and and fly back. But that particular uh, summer, um, my mom actually came out, came came here on a train on Amtrak and picked me up. And then we took the Amtrak back. And it was it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, basically, it was like because it's like I'm traveling down on a Saturday and then coming back a Friday, so it's like. Okay, and it's like okay, trying to look at flights and like, and for me, like, like yes, I love to fly. I've done it mul- multiple times in the past couple of years, mm. but I, but unless it's a very cheap deal, I always try to go southwest because you don't have to pay for pay for your baggage because usually I have one checked bag plus my carry on. Oh, so it's like okay, and it's like seeing what's available out of Manchester, and it's like. Nothing there, or because basically, basically because there's there are no 
there are no direct flights, so it's like okay, yeah. and it's like making sure, making sure like have the right connection, so it's like because like Southwest mainly from Manchester, they go to Baltimore, Midway, and Orlando, and then just depends on what the flight schedule is that day because. Maybe I go to Orlando and fly back up, but it just depends on where Orlando goes to. If it goes to Richmond, I would, I would have to stay on the same plane going somehow. So it's like, and, then I'm, and looking, and it's like, even even going out of Boston, same issue. So, mm-hmm. it's, so it's like, okay, next option. And it's like, do I really want to take a bus down there? I'm like, not really. Mm. I've, I've taken a bus from Dubois back to back to Boston once before and it's like just and it's it's like and I and I love love taking Amtrak when I went to Dubois the last time I'm like I'll just go and so it's not a direct direct um point to point trip basically I'll go go out of Boston on Saturday morning yeah um go get into Washington DC have like a 30 minute way over before catching the Silver Star train. Just a couple of stops down to Petersburg and then on the way back, um, Petersburg to Washington, D.C. on the Northeast Regional and then like an hour, hour way over in Washington and then taking the several high, high speed train from, oh. from Washington, D.C. back to Boston. Oh, okay. Seems, uh, do you find it less stressful? Because to me, the thing about flying is, um, you know, and of course the pandemic has made it all even even harder, but to me, flying, I, I find airports to be stressful. Like, I being in a, it's funny, for me, being in that big metal tube uh, 20,000 feet in the air doesn't bother me at all, but, but airports themselves I find to be kind of stressful. Plus, you've also got the uncertainty of, you know, if you have a connecting flight, what if uh, what if your flight's late getting there? Or, or you know, there's there's a, a lot that can go wrong. Plus, you might uh, you know these days uh, you might get into a fist fight. I mean, you wouldn't on an airplane because no one would mess with you because you're Texas Mike. And emo, I almost got in a fight Saturday at a comedy show. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. you got to tell us this story. Okay, what, okay, so what what where was this? Chunkies. Okay. So basically. So I had seen this comedian before. I saw saw the headline comedian a couple couple weekends before down here at the DoubleTree yeah. at Headliners Comedy Club. And I'm like, she's very funny. Her name's Stephanie Peters. I'm like, I gotta take my my girl to go see her. So mm-hmm. so we made plans through it, and it's like we sat sat basically third row back from the stage, and it's like. The couple at the table right in front of us, it's like, like, Hecklin, Hecklin's not really a thing to do during comedy. Or you can do a little bit and get away with it. Yeah. But it was like every five minutes, she's, the lady was, the, not the comedian, the, the lady that was right in front of us with her husband was clearly drunk. I was going to say, were they drunk? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, she kept saying this one phrase, and it's like, and it's like, and and during my during the show, my girl who was then right across me texted me like, 
Next time we do this, can we go somewhere else? For, like, she almost wanted to punch her. I think I always want one. I think everybody in the theater besides the comedian wanted to punch her. It was that disrupted. Who was the comedian? Stephanie Peters. How did she, how did she handle it? Um, she went she went along with the punches, I guess, and then yeah, yeah. But we'll be definitely seeing her again in Nashville on the twenty sixth. Oh, okay. We have a call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Yeah, what's my brother doing over there? Uh, he's supposed to be over here. We're supposed to be uh, doing some hunting. Hunting. Yes, he's over there talking to you. He should be over here hunting with me. All right. Well, he's on his way. And uh, you better come over, too, because we want to make you some pheasants, too. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, some comedians are uh, are very sharp when it comes to uh, hecklers. You know, they can... Like some some comedians, you don't want to heckle because they'll just eviscerate you. But uh, but I assume, I mean, she wasn't. I mean, what is she, did she just try to ignore it or what did she do? Uh, she, incorpor- she incorporated the phrase into a set, which was pretty 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 funny. But it's like you gotta be kidding me. It's like yeah yeah oh well, that's too bad. That's too bad. Um, well, I uh, let's see. Was that the whole? Uh, oh, wait a minute, though. You said you almost got into a fight. Be, or, be, or because he was interrupting so much. Or, so, or you wanted to get into a. You wanted to beat them up. I I didn't want to. I know. I know my girl wanted to. Oh, I, know I, that, I gotcha. I know I gotcha. that for a fact. Okay, but there was there were no actual blows exchanged. No, they are not. Okay, very good, very good. Well, that's good. All right, because we count on you, Texas Mike, to uh, to set the example yes. for the rest of us. Yes. yes. All right, well, uh, if you'd like to chime in, we've got about 30 minutes left. Uh, I assume Mike Sutterth is not coming. Uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. Uh, you can also text us at 617-917-4476. Uh, tweet me at Matt Connerton or send an email to matt at mattconnerton.com. And, of course, you can interact and opine in the Facebook live chat, but the best thing to do is give us a call at 603-250-6007. I do want to look at some of these uh, Facebook comments, by the way. Um, they may be a little bit out of order because uh, Facebook is being so wonky today, but uh, Jenny commented in there, you know, this is referring to, you know, that discussion about Trump's policies. Some people will excuse a lot of his behavior because they love his policies so much. And, you know, I had said, well, you... you same policies you can get from any Republican, right? Uh, Jenny said Hitler had the love of his people for his policies. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's I can't read the rest of that on the air, but uh, point taken. Uh, let's see. Um, Crystal, you know, we mentioned uh, Mitt Romney uh, earlier. Uh, Crystal said Romney is a coward, though. Uh, trolled online under a fake name versus standing by his own convictions. No respect for that. I don't remember the details really about what, um, I think he had a fake, was it a fake Twitter profile that he had? I don't remember all the details of that Romney story. Uh, let's see. Um, 
<laughs> Mel McMel, something about Madonna. All right, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> Rocky Uber joins us in the chat room. He says, if we go to war with China, will they use Godzilla? And if so, uh, will we retaliate with King Kong asking for a friend? Probably neither, although I will say Godzilla is my favorite uh, song by Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, of their three big hits that you hear on classic rock radio, of course, you also hear uh, Don't Fear the Reaper and Burning for You. Godzilla is kind of third on that list. That's the one of those three you hear the least. But in my personal opinion, it's their best. And I believe we have played that song on Retro Spectrum Radio with Polly C at one point, too. Uh, let's see. Um, I'd have to skip a lot of these because, uh, they're, uh, everything's out of order on Facebook. Um, oh, Michael Albert, uh, commented this, and this is regarding, you know, the discussion with Mike Doyle about, I'm always very skeptical about giving any chief executive too much credit and or blame for the performance of the economy, regardless of who it is. And, and I think a lot of economists would back me up on that, but I think most economists would. Uh, Michael Albert said this, a tax policy can have some effect on the economy, like Trump's tax plan after he was elected was a gift to big business. Uh, some of them passed it on and gave bonuses to their employees. Yep, uh, valid point, Michael, absolutely. Um. Mel McMell points out, economy won't matter if we cause our own extinction, referring to a concern of about climate change, of course, absolutely. Jenny says, windmills uh, kill birds. Uh, that's another uh, complaint that I think Trump had. Um, although, um, of course, uh, when all the birds are dead because we've ruined the planet, uh, that'll be far worse. <laughs> you know what else kills birds is uh, airplanes. Did you know that, Mikey? Yes. Yes, yes. They're called bird strikes. If you ever see video of it, uh, when a bird flies into the engine and uh, you'll see a big spark and uh, there goes that bird. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Wayne Noel joins us in the uh, Facebook live chat from the great state of Michigan. Uh, hello, Wayne. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mel said, uh, referring to Trump, before the pandemic, he made sexual assault locker room talk. Yeah, he was super great. Mel, obviously not a fan of uh, the former president. Uh, Jenny uh, points out, walking through the Miss Teen America pageant locker room uh, because he owned it. Um, Michael Albert points out, we get more oil from domestic sources than imports. That's true. And I, I always find it a little dubious to just say that, you know, Gas is uh, expensive just because of the uh, canceling the Keystone Pipeline. I'm not saying that that doesn't have an effect. I'm sure that it does. But uh, I have yet to see an economic analysis that suggests that the effect of that is as uh, large as some would have you believe. Uh, Mel McMell, again, this is referring to Trump. People in cages, uh, babies being torn from parents. I miss all that winning. <laughs> have all those kids even been located yet? Uh, no, they have not, Mel. Um, no, they have not. Be Trouble Morse joins us in the chat and says, dropping knowledge bombs. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Michael Albert says, uh, <laughs> this is uh, in, in reference to one of our sponsors. I thought about getting a job making donuts, but there was a hole in that plan. Uh, well done, sir. That's very punny. I commend you. Um, 
Michael Albert also says Jeff Bezos asked J.K. Rowling to go into space, uh, but she was concerned about being labeled an astroturf. Turf, referring to, uh, uh, I don't remember what turf even stands for, but uh, uh, it means you know someone who a, a turf is someone who opposes uh, trans people. That's also very good, uh, very good uh, there, uh, Michael. Uh, let's see. I guess we're, I guess we're caught up there. Uh, 603-250-6007 is the number, 603-250-6007. By the way, there was, um, Jenny sent me something about, uh, uh, the, uh, second, uh, second husband. Oh, Dirk Don is in the, in the, the chat. <laughs> And in all caps writes, is this the Matt show? Um, not everyone will understand the reference, but if you do, that's funny. It is. It's the Matt show, Dirk. Oh, boy. Dirk, of course, uh, from Arrogant Media and also has a uh, another YouTube channel, uh, Java Fog. And uh, Dirk puts out a lot of great content. I recommend uh, you subscribe. Um, but, uh, yeah, Politico reports, uh, Emhoff, uh, Doug Emhoff of uh, the husband of, uh, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, the vice president was whisked away because of a bomb threat. Uh, this just happened a couple hours ago. Doug Emhoff, uh, the husband of vice president Kamala Harris was whisked out of an event Tuesday at a Washington high school by secret service agents following an apparent bomb threat. Hmm. We'll come back to that. Let's grab this call. Hi, welcome to Matt Connerton Unleashed. Who's this? Hey, Matt. It's Dad. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Uh, good. It's been it's it's been an intense uh, but very good week. I won't go into all that, but uh, yeah, things are coming along well. You sound uh, great. It's a slow it's a it's a slow process, as you know. Yes. Yes. I want to I want to speed it up, Matt. But no, I learned. Uh, Slow down, Connerton. Slow down. Take it easy. Yes. Listen, is uh, is I, I'm, I'm, I'll be brief, but is Doctor Mike there? No, uh, and I don't know oh. why. Um, he wasn't here last oh. week. He he wasn't feeling well, and then he told me uh, he told me he'd be in today, and he messaged yeah. me earlier, and he said, "Hi, Matt. All oh. clear for five? And I gave him a thumbs up, and he gave me a thumbs up, and <laughs> he didn't show up. So no, he is not oh, here. No. Yeah, I don't know what's up. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I hope he's okay. I hope everything's well. I know uh, he posted that he's going to be uh, leaving the area to go to graduate school at Syracuse University, a great school, great city, as you know, in New York, upstate New York. Yes. Um, I was just going to congratulate him. He, he's had he had a great uh, picture of, I know it was his daughter or, or his niece or a friend, but they were grooving to some music and looked like uh, it was going very well. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um, well, let me, let me just say uh, a couple of things uh, just for the audience and, and for potential debate. The, the market was up today. The market's been volatile, as you know, mm -hmm. uh, but the market uh, was doing well today, and there were some reasonably good job increase reports. Um, but inflation, you know, is at a 40-year high. And uh, I agree with you, Matt. You, you've made this point before that um, the president of the United States can take some credit and some blame, but he's not he's not in control of everything that's going on in the world. So mm -hmm. um, 
we have to put some things in perspective. But my my points would be, and I look at what I call the uh, genocide Olympics. I don't think our athletes should be there. I think our athletes are in danger uh, being there, not only because of the 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 violence of the totalitarian regime and uh, Xi Jinping, who's the Hitler of the modern world, in my judgment. And he he says he loves Hitler and Stalin and has he said? Dudes. I didn't know that he's he's uh, gone on record saying that. Oh oh yes, this is important, Matt. I didn't know this that. This guy is unbelievable. He's gone on record saying that not only Marx is a hero of his, but Stalin, Hitler, and he mentioned a third person. Uh, I didn't know that. Maybe, huh. maybe it was Mussolini. I'm not sure. Hmm. But yeah, he, he's on record as saying those guys knew what they were doing. Uh, they know how to run governments and and they know how to uh, wow. establish power with their citizens, you know. And, of course, they do it with fear and lies and intimidation. And, uh, and unfortunately, that's, that's the reality of – that's always been the reality of Marxism. Marx and his writings, you know, we studied this at UConn, you know, um, made some very rational, good points. But then I, I can sort of compare them – no, I shouldn't – well, there's, there's a – there's a psychiatrist I admire historically. You you would know him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It begins with F. According to I, according to Freud, as you would often say. Yes, yes, yes very good, Matt. Yes. You picked right up on that one. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. When I was at the hospital, um, this team was asking me as we were getting ready for surgery. They said, uh, uh, do you have any further questions, Martin? They were very kind to me, very, very nice people, and uh, very bright. Gave me hope because, uh, as you know, I'm kind of uh, – pessimistic about the educational system and what's turning out these days. But anyway, um, they said, do you have any other further questions for us, Martin? And I said, was Freud wrong about everything? <laughs> they laughed. The whole team laughed. It was a good, got a little joke in there. Yeah. Um, but so Marx was right about some things, of course. And, you know, it's interesting because Pope, I, I won't go on and on, Matt. I'll, I'll wrap this up quickly. But Pope Leo Thirteenth, one of the greatest well-known uh Popes in in American, not only American history, (laughs) little uh, bias on my part there, but world history, um, gave Marx some credit for some of his criticism and pointed out to the West, you know, if you keep child labor things going on like this and you keep working people to death and destroying families and they can't even go to mass anymore, they can't even go to church, they're so tired, um, you're going to bring on more Marxism. And he, he was he was absolutely right on that. But my point is, I don't think we should be there. I'm worried about this DNA stuff, the, the, the testing and secret moves these Chinese are doing. I'm talking about the government now, not the people. I right, of the course. Yeah. People of China. You know, I make that distinction, Matt. But um, and they and they grabbed the other day. I don't know if you saw this. They grabbed a journalist from the Netherlands. Yes. And put him right on the ground. Did you see it? You know that one? Yes. And the yes. poor guy, he was trying to continue to do his thing, but they they shoved him right on the ground and took him away. You know, th- this is absurd. Yeah. Uh, I call it, it, it. Meanwhile, they're they're hurting uh, terribly the, the Uyghurs and uh, their people threatening Formosa or Taiwan, I should mm-hmm. say now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Hong Kong people. I always thought the British should never give. I was in Hong Kong and. 1968. They should never have given that up, but I, I suppose they had to. But it's horrible, you know. Yeah. So 
But there we are. I mean, to Biden, one of the things I do agree with Biden, I don't agree with much on China, Joe, but I do agree when he said no diplomats are going. We don't want that. Right, right. Uh, but he's compromised badly, Matt. I won't go into all that. Um, but I wanted to. So my point was going to make with Dr. Mike is with this 40 year inflation and uh, diminution of hope in the markets uh, to some degree that we we should be getting that. Uh, Keystone Pipeline XL back on target. You know, w- the Chinese, what they're doing is they're using coal like crazy. Uh, it's it's hurting the environment. It's hurting all of us worldwide eventually. And But American companies with the free market, and, you know, I could be critical of some of the abuses of the free market, don't get me wrong, but when you have a free market and you have these companies, even people I've been critical of like Exxon, Developing oil, oil and gas and fracking safely with good environmental interventions, um, th- that's the way to go. But the, the left now is – and Biden, just he's just not on his game anymore, if he ever was. But that's another story. But, but my point is the leadership in Washington is so bad right now. Uh, and, and I agree with you. You know, I, I'm an independent too. I believe in free markets. Uh, I, I believe in dialogue and critical thinking and logic. You know that. Yes. And, and I've been trained in that. Thank God. You know, yeah. it's a blessing that, that came to me through God's grace. But um, what I see now is that uh, the Biden family is so compromised. We're going to see more about this, Matt. Uh, Schweitzer and others have written about this, but there's, there's going to be more on this. Um, that we can't, we're not making good economic decisions. And we're, we're deferring, and these corporations are deferring to China. They're not looking at the morality. They're not looking at the policy. They're looking at the bottom line of making profits. I get that. Profits are important. Free enterprise is important, even in limited or circumscribed situations. But we, China's goal is to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, Marty, that's, that's a little bit far off. No, it's not. I mean, they, they, they would take down Anybody, Matt, this current government, the Chicoms, I call them, the Chinese Communist Party. They're long-term planners. I forget who it was. Somebody on the show was pointing out one day. um, Actually, oh, I think it was actually it was Mike. This might have, although I I feel like this might have been an off-air conversation that I had with him. But he was pointing out how um, we were talking about China, how they, you know, they have these fifty-year plans and one hundred-year plans, and they're very long-term planners, whereas. In the United States, yes, you know, we don't we don't think past, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of hyperbolic to say it this way, but we don't think much past tomorrow in this country. That's right. You know, there there's not a lot of long term planning here. Certainly not the way that China does it. No, that's right, and they're very patient. They yes. always have been. It's like they have that in their genes, in a sense. I, I don't want to say too much, like, but you know, they their culture is be patient, plan. Do what you have to do, you know, and they're very rational. They're high tech savvy mm-hmm. and um, they're, they're very scientific. Um, but the, but the government is also brutal. You know, yes, um, they, they, they'll if you are. Can you imagine if you're a poet or a writer in China or you want to be a creative screen producer or writer? I mean, the, the, you say one thing against the government. They're knocking on your door, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the left. That's Marxism and neo-Marxism. Uh, they justify it intellectually for the greater good. 
and and you know the common good is what they need to start to take a look at and we need to take a look at that more closely in america but you're right we're not great planners until there's a crisis you know right. you look at what happened in world war ii then we became good planners for a while and the economy after mm-hmm. you know subsequent to the war was really solid for a while with this with inevitable ups and downs of free markets uh but generally no we're very impulsive uh, we're rather selfish. <laughs> You've spoken to that one. On yeah. Nineteen. Well, you know, it's and it, yeah. it, it's just it's just incredible. And then we begin to mix up what what's what are real values with false values. You know, um, I want my individual freedom. Yep, there, there's there's a place for that, but not at the expense of uh, allowing a disease to kill other people. No. Right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's where it stops, you know, and you have to use critical thinking and, and good science. Well, that also, so too. I, I, I'll, I'll, I won't hold you up, Matt, but it's good to have a dialogue with you. Yes. I, uh, I congratulate uh, Dr. Mike on Syracuse. It's one of my favorite cities and schools. Um, but of course, you know, when it comes to basketball, I'm a Yukon guy all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that and makes that, Don't forget. That makes sense. Yeah. Cincinnati Bengals that could be a big upset in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've I've heard I that. I got a big 5 bucks on it. <laughs> I uh yeah, I mean as, as you know, I don't really follow football, but it's you know, I I, get, I, know. I but but I do get exposed to it and it, like is it uh am I correct that it's uh this is all very surprising because the Bengals used to be terrible? Is that true? Ab- Yes, that's very true. No one gave them a chance. I thought they could. I thought they would have a winning season with Joe Burrow's coming back. That kid is so talented. That's an amazing story because he's an Ohio guy, but he went to LSU and and helped them win a championship. He's so talented. He reminds me of a young Tom Brady. But uh, it would be an upset. I think L.A. Rams are just so talented, you know. But uh, who knows? That could that would be an amazing moral victory if they could even come close we'll Hmm. see what happens (laughs) it should be fun hey by the way uh crystal in the chat room says your dad seems nice hope he is feeling better oh thank you crystal uh agape love back to you yes i am feeling better and um it's it's like i it's funny you know i had this big call yes i had a couple of big interviews yesterday with uh the team and um so I, I I had this interview with a nurse practitioner whom I had met before from Dr. D'Alessandra's office. And she said to me at one point, you were going all over a lot of stuff. She said uh, numbers and everything, which would look good. She said, you got to remember, Martin, you are 74 now. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, rub it in. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Just ask, ask Mick Jagger, right? Oh like, yeah, Mick is almost uh, Mick is almost eighty, but uh, you know you you see him running around that stage like he's twenty uh, something. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Well, you know he had that he had the cabbage too. You know the yeah. coronary by, bypass at, at seventy five, and and that's what that writer was saying. You know, yeah, you hit you hit the mid seventies, and the body begins to break down. <laughs> it's like you can be a uh, you know, and thank God, you know, I've been into wellness all my life. Yeah. Again, back to Crystal. Thank you, Crystal. Uh, because otherwise, you know, something like this could have taken me down a lot earlier. You know. Oh I'm yeah. By the way, uh, Dirk uh, Dirk Don in the uh, Facebook live chat also says hello to you. Oh yeah, Dirk Don has some great posts. Yes. You know, they're 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 a little uh, wild sometimes, Dirk, <laughs> but I like them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. All right. I'll let you go, Matty. Uh, good shows. Uh, my regards to uh, Dr. Mike when you hear him. All right. Take Love care. you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. That was uh, that was my father, Martin Connerton. Yes. Yep. He sounds great. And, um, yep, I, I told him. Oh, and uh, Jenny is in the chat room and says, hi, Dad. Yes. Uh, I, I told him when I picked him up at the... Uh, from uh, cardiac rehab that day, I said, you know, you might not realize it, but you've been getting a lot of love on social media because, you know, people know who, who you are now because of the show. So, which, uh, which he really appreciates. Uh, hello to, uh, I think this is a new name in the chat room, uh, Bill Odell, I see uh, in the, the Facebook live chat. Um, let's see, we've got, uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Um, oh, just to uh, put a button on, on this. Um. Jenny had sent me that story about uh, Doug Emhoff being whisked uh, to safety. Uh, Emhoff was at Dunbar High School for an event in commemoration of Black History Month. He was in the school's museum for about five minutes before a number of his security detail approached him saying, we have to go. Emhoff was removed from the building into his waiting motorcade. Students and educators at the school were instructed to leave the school with an announcement saying evacuate the building. Uh, D.C. Public Schools spokesman Enrique Gutierrez said there was a bomb threat. It is not known if it was related to Emhoff's visit or the Black History Month event. Hmm. Could have been our friend Mr. Krabs. Uh, what do you think uh, there, Mikey? Possibility. <laughs> uh, Emhoff spokesperson Katie Peters, I probably shouldn't joke about that, said the school alerted the Secret Service about what she termed, uh, or maybe it's not a joke. I mean, it, it, I, I think that's uh, a legitimate speculation. Uh, what she termed a, quote, security incident or a report of a potential security incident. Uh, U.S. Secret Service was made aware of a security threat at a school where the uh, second gentleman was meeting with students and faculty, unquote. Um, Peters added in a later tweet, quote, Mr. Emhoff is safe and the school has been evacuated. We are grateful to Secret Service and D.C. police for their work, unquote. The Secret Service did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Uh, students at the school were dismissed for the day since it was expected to take several hours for security officials to uh, sweep the building. So there you go. Um, let's see. Do we have time to do this? Yeah, we do. Uh, well, this is a big subject, so we won't get too deep into it, but I did want to um, just acknowledge it. And we and we didn't uh, get into this at all when he called earlier, but this actually refers to, so yesterday on the call, on, on, on the call, I sound like a, talking about a conference call. No, uh, yesterday when Mike Doyle called in, there was talk about, you know, he was referring to this law from the 1800s. Um, this is um, what he was referring to, and I didn't, for some reason, I didn't put it together in my mind, but uh, the Electoral Count Act and uh, reforming the Electoral Count Act is, um, reforming this law is, is actually something that has um, some bipartisan report, uh, support rather, because uh, so here, this is from Axios, a bipartisan, as bipartisan negotiations to update the Electoral Count Act of 1887 grow, uh, senators from both parties are starting to draw their red lines. Uh, why it matters. Democrats, once fixated on sweeping election reform packages, 
Republicans were equally committed to opposing wide-ranging federal election changes. New drop-dead conditions can still poison the new negotiations, but also indicate movement from these opening positions. So they're negotiating over it. Republicans and Democrats are negotiating over it. But the reason they uh, the reason this needs to be reformed and why nobody's ever really looked at it closely, or at least there has never been a push to um to really reform it before is because uh, we'd never had anything like January 6th happen before. Uh, this is from the conversation.com. Uh, the electoral count act of 1887 is showing its age. Here's how to help Congress certify a presidential election with more certainty. And uh, this is a pretty good explainer, but we don't really have time to get into it. So I'll share a link out to the uh, Matt Connerton unleashed uh, page. But um, the reason the law needs to be updated is so that uh, we don't have a situation in the future where a vice president who is there to certify the election, as Mike Pence was on January 6th, does not have an option to say, well, I'm not going to accept uh, these delegates or these electors from such and such a state. Uh, we're going to throw that out or we're going to select some alternate electors because we do know that in several states there were some uh, electors who are not legitimate who tried to replace the legitimate electors uh, in states where Biden won. So anyway, uh, this had never been much of a concern before, but it is now because there is a possibility. You know, there were several different scenarios that were being drawn up. I forget the name of the guy who had the whole PowerPoint presentation about uh, how he wanted the administration to overturn the election, the 2020 election. But, um, you know, and, and some of them were just wild conspiracy theories like Mike Pence, the vice president, would be presented with two envelopes, one for Trump, one for Biden, and then he could just choose on a whim which one he wanted to accept. But then there were also some uh, theories in some hypotheticals about how maybe legally there was a path, it would certainly be challenged and hopefully the Supreme Court would uh, overrule it. But there may have actually been a legal path for the vice president to discard enough electors uh, to throw the election to the House of Representatives, which was Republican controlled and would have, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, chosen Trump for another term. So, so this is a, a legitimate concern. Anyway, it's a big subject, too, uh, too much to get into now, so we will begin to wrap up. But uh, thank you all. Thank you, Texas Mike. What do you have uh, planned for your evening? You're a man about town. I'm going to just go, go home and relax. I've been working two basketball games tomorrow. Thursday night, nothing planned yet. And then Friday's the big Valentine's date. Ah, very nice. Uh, with which lady? With the lady. The, wait, the lady? You're down to one? Yep. You made a decision? Yes. Good for you, Texas Mike. Good for you. I have to ask, what was the, uh, if you want to tell us, what was the deciding factor? Connectative, connectivity with one of them, other than connect. A difference of Chemi chemistry. You had better yeah. chemistry with one than the other? Yes. All right. Well, very good. Well, that makes sense. But that means you had to break the other one's heart. I haven't done that yet. 
You haven't told her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, if you missed any part of today's show, it will be up in just a little bit at WMNHradio.org and at uh, MattConnerton.com. And if you uh, and my condolences to the uh, the lady who uh, Mike did not choose, if she happens to be listening. But I'm sure you'll find someone who's right for you. And congratulations to the one Mike has chosen. Uh, but uh, but they they don't they don't know yet, huh? Does the one you did choose know that you've chosen her? Nope. Okay. Well, very good. All righty. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us for now. Gracie Gatto will be here tomorrow. And uh, I will, uh, thanks, Mikey. And I will talk at y'all a little bit later. Bye, everybody. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bath Fitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bath Fitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast. From Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.